Hello, welcome to the Complete Discography Podcast. My name is Darren Huckey, and along with my co-host, Austin Johns, we break down every album from some of our favorite bands. Here in Season 2, we break down every album released by Bad Religion. We hope you enjoy the show. So, this episode, Generator uh, by Battery Legion... They uh, released this in March 13th, 1992 on Epitaph. Uh, Bad Religion is listed as the producer of the record. And uh, again, it was recorded at uh, West Beach Recorders, uh, Giritz's, you know, little studio thing there in Hollywood. Um, the interesting note, though, that I had is it was recorded in May of 91, but released in March of 92. Like they had it hmm. kind of like done and polishing and like kind of like finalizing it. Um like for like a lot longer compared to the previous albums. Hmm. When, what was, I feel like this era is like pretty much a yearly release type schedule almost like once a year, there's a new bad religion album or something or close to it. I think, right. Yeah. The March of 92. So technically because of the long turnaround time, this puts a, an additional, it sounds like an additional year between, but you know, March 92 um, against the grain was in November of 90. So like, you know, close to early okay. 91 so yeah not not too far off and then 89 november of 89 was no control and you know so on and so forth <laughs> september yeah. of 88 was suffer so they were in yeah. a yearly situation but generator is the one that kind of broke that mold for them because of that kind of like longer delay between recording yeah, and release still, we're only talking like 15 16 months or something that's still not super long right i mean no, no oh, recorded may released march so still it's not not even a year so like may to march yeah, yeah so that's only eight nine months june july august december october march yeah, no, ten, yeah like re- release date from against the grain to generator is oh like, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yes. Like, it's you're still, still not getting, too long. like as a fan you're still getting like that yeah, yeah, almost yearly schedule of, of uh, an album from the moment. Yeah, and they were still like touring over like their summers and you know they, <laughs> yeah. they lots of touring time frame and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, Generator March March ninety two ninety two. What I I'm six years old, not even six years old yet. So I'm still not listening to any good music. I'm still not doing anything interesting. I think I'm getting ready to. I think that would be the year I would have started kindergarten. I think. Right. Yeah, maybe. I think I don't know. That or I'm not going to trace that back too far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, yeah. still too young to really notice anything. I don't have any, um, you know, crazy memories or anecdotes. And it's I still have the same um, attachment to this album as the others. Like I first listened to this again, like revisiting it, like after like those re-releases and stuff like that, like in the early 2000s. So these continue that same train for me. So I don't really have much like anecdotally to talk about it. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as as far as that goes. Yeah, kind of same. I mean, I think maybe my older brothers were listening to like some kind of punk music at this time. Probably, maybe. I have no memories of that though either. And um, I don't know. The only time, I, the first time I think I remember hearing any songs on this would have been either just from all ages, or I do remember there was like um, there was that radio station that in Arizona, I think it was called the edge and they had like a ska punk hour that they would do kind of like later in the evening. And I do remember hearing the song generator on that one time and being like, man, that song's really cool. 
but and then I, I also don't think I really got the album though until like the remasters and that type of stuff. So yeah, um, this is, I took some notes down of just anecdotes of the album, just interesting details to talk about before we do that. Uh, get into the album itself, but uh, Generator was the first release with uh, Bobby Share, the new drummer who mm-hmm. replaced mm-hmm. Pete Finestone. Um, he joined the band like during their Against the Grain tour. Um, and this is the first album with him. So like that kind of like skill up a little bit in, in drumming and everything. Um, I feel like, you know, their style doesn't necessarily like demand like the most talented of drummers necessarily. Um, but like, uh, in this album they did like, I think it, it stretch out a little bit musically and, and start to do a little things, uh, some different things. They started to do some like lead guitar and like solo stuff you know and like um like i was gonna mention it later but it's like essentially like every song here has like a little like lead guitar work or like solo work whereas like previous albums you know you you maybe had one song with something like that you know to kind of like riff out on everything which is kind of interesting um yeah and then they also had um their first music video they had a music video for atomic garden i don't remember that video like it doesn't come to mind right now I'm trying to picture, and I might be not picturing the correct thing. Well, they're all but painted like, silver and staticky and all that stuff like that. Like, yeah, and there's a guy like somebody's wearing like some stupid glasses or goggles. Graf- or that's graphic. Yeah, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, actually, I think that um, he. Uh, I'm going to look it up. Um, okay. Doing this live, like not doing it um, like beforehand. I shouldn't have done any type of research on this before recording or anything. So it's totally fine to do this in the moment. um but i think that uh the like i remember reading something about that um the the the, the goggles that he has on in this video i think he uses those again in the american jesus music video i think he has them like on his head i think that's right that's right the prop budget was pretty razor thin back then so you had to really yeah. The uh, okay. So the Atomic Garden video is not that one with um, like that static oh, and all that stuff. So it is. It's okay. it's just not as memorable to me. I mean, obviously, I'll have to like take a look at that later just to remind myself what okay. that is. I think I'll do that too. Um, also, for uh, album cover art, definitely an improvement from Against the Grain. A lot less corny. <laughs> uh. yeah, how long are you sitting on that one? Oh, uh, that's a real gem. <laughs> God. Uh, Just reading my script here. <laughs> we prepare, obviously. No, uh, album art definitely an improvement. There's some there's some pretty bad album covers, in my opinion, for them. Suffer's a good one. No control is kind of crappy, and against the grain is not very good at all. And then this one, at least, is just whatever. Where it's like, okay, fine. That's that's better than what we've had. Yeah, I mean, it's a weird album cover. Like, what what is really on there? Like, I like always looking at it. Thought it was like a, a like a compass or some weird like mechanical tool or something like that. But it's like a hand with like feathers or something like that. Like, it's, yeah, glove. Yeah, it's a uh, kind of strange looking. But it's, the text is also laid out in a completely like um, non traditional fashion for them. Um, they have it kind of like design. Right, yeah. right here, yeah, you're right. This or like some type of. Yeah, they're fe- yeah feathers. Maybe maybe it's like a Native American thing. Like, yeah, I don't know. Um, Edward Cicero. And the back of the album is yeah, or yeah, just Freddy Krueger. The back is just a silhouette of a man. Hmm. 
but still an improvement. I mean, this is why you're here. You're here for the hard hitting, you know, uh, breakdowns of uh, all these details of the album. Uh, it was an improvement. Uh, I definitely think <laughs> we, we occasionally do talk about the cover. That's why. I bring yeah, no, no, it's, it's true. Remember to do it. It gets brought up. <laughs> yeah. Um, for some notes on just the recording process itself, uh, generator was recorded in 10 days as all it took for them to do that. Um, and then it was recorded, uh, almost live in the studio because Brett's like West beach recorders was now like a larger space. Um, so the entire band could actually play in the studio at the same time. So, um, that helped them kind of have like, um, a little bit more of like an organic, like, you know, cohesive sound, like working together, like they would play live, you know, f- like during tours or shows, they were able to record in that same way instead of like chunking it out with, you know, separately tracking drums, then the guitars, then like, you know, everything else after that, um, which is kind of interesting uh, just because of the bigger space. And then um, the, I have a note here is that although the, it was already completed, like the recording process in spring of 91, they had delayed it until March. But from what I was reading, um, the band wasn't happy with like the artwork and packaging. And so they were going through like different ideas and um, like they, you know, declined a bunch. We're just trying to find the right, you know, look for the album visually. So it had nothing to do with like production quality or like polishing, you know, any like final recording or anything. It was them finalizing on that visual and album design, which is Again, just it's weird to think about. Like that's what they landed on. Like this is what they is this either them <laughs> finally finding that perfect album cover they wanted, or is this just them like fuck it, like whatever. Yeah. This is what we got. This is just weird. Like at this point, we need to release it. So hand in feathers, I mean, it is. That's that is interesting because that makes me wonder how they were just like <laughs> with the against the grain cover or like the no control. How they were just like, yeah, that's it. That's perfect. Put it out. Like because those, you know, like I said, I I don't think they're terrible necessarily, but they're. I, I mean. Not great, in my opinion. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the against the grain one. It wasn't until we talked about it that I realized, like, it's all of the, like, you know, they're all like, like leaning one way, and then like the one in the center is leaning the, the other way. Yeah. <laughs> to me, I just thought it was like a sticker of some corn, like over the top of like just like the tiled artwork or something. Like that. I didn't, I didn't get that metaphor in its artwork. It just always was kind of weird to me. And then, like, the, something about the no control one to me is odd like it just like the color scheme or something doesn't it doesn't like reflect what i feel like the content of the album is going to be like like if you're just browsing around like you know it looks like too psychedelic or something i don't i have no idea but it's something about it doesn't look quite right or not i mean not right or wrong but just doesn't look yeah i mean just bad religion yeah bad religion no control boom like rainbow splattered colors yeah um, yeah, that was the 80s, though, 89, you know, so things were different then. You know, this is the 90s. Things are a lot edgier, a lot darker. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> that's the note I have on that. Uh, the album itself um, has 11 total songs, so there are less songs but the uh, than, like, previous albums. You know, the last one having 17 tracks. This has 11 tracks, uh, but the runtime um, on it, is about 30 minutes, um, which is still only about three, four minutes shy of what um, Against the Grain was. So from a runtime, it's still pretty much on pace with what the albums were, but uh, with just significantly less number of songs. And I'm, you know, I believe, like I mentioned before, like they have a lot more like like guitar lead sounds and like guitar solo sounds and nearly every song has something like that. So whether it's like a bridge or a a solo or like some kind of like interlude type of thing that kind of like helps them, 
like fill out the sound a little bit longer. Um, it's a little bit different. And, and that's partially too, because of the, the drumming, um, this album definitely doesn't stay at like a max high tempo speed from start to finish. Like they do change things up. They do have some tempo varieties even within songs. So I think that kind of helps them just, um, kind of refresh, you know, their core sound a little bit. Yeah, that kind of makes sense as far as runtime. And like you kind of mentioned with them filling out songs a little bit more. Um, I do think it's interesting that this, this is, I hadn't thought about it. So you mentioned it, like this is where they get the new, you know, Bobby Sher, new drummer. Um, Cause I always think of this album as like a little bit more stripped down, like in the drumming department, like it's like pretty, I mean, up to this point it's been pretty simple, but like, for sure more simple, but I, the album also, at least in my mind, has like a little bit more of a darker tone, like in music and in a lot of the lyrics of the songs. So maybe that was just kind of that decision in terms of like how they compose the songs themselves, I guess. But, um, I don't know. It's just interesting that this is the one where, you know, this is the debut for Bobby Sher, And I just, I don't really, um, I don't really, I don't really remember the drums being that noteworthy. Yeah, I mean, it's like, obviously, like, later on, we'll get to it, but when Process of Belief comes out and, like, Brooks Wackerman joins, like, that was, like, a shot in the arm for the band because, like, you really heard, like, um, like a change. Like, you know, he brought, like, you know, obviously he was was younger than the band members at the time, too, but, like, he brought, like, some, like, energy and some, like, you know, different kind of skill set, you know, to the drums, and that kind of helped kind of change the sound a bit. This isn't as dramatic, but I think in combination with them like being willing to like slow it down or break it down or like, you know, have some changes and variety to the songs. Um, like that, that's, I don't, maybe that's not something that Pete could have done before, or, you know, he, they kept it kind of more straightforward and driving cause they were younger, but now they're getting a little bit older. They have a drummer who maybe has the ability to like, you know, breathe out a little bit more. So while it is, you know, quote unquote, maybe a simpler, you know, task for him to do, um, it still takes, I think, his individual skill to kind of be able to do that where Pete maybe couldn't have done that for them before. But this is all speculation. This is all literally just based on just reading some interviews and just knowing like <clears throat> how like Pete started drumming to begin with. Like they forced him to basically like, hey, you're yeah. a drummer. Learn to drum now. Like get on this and record this. And he like went through stresses and, and you know, trials think, yeah. to kind of even get to, <clears throat> caught up to speed to do that stuff. So, you know, he it, definitely it, yeah. succeeded. It was a classic like – band dilemma where there's just it's hard to find a drummer for some reason for everybody at all times so then kids out there learn your drumming because you'll probably be a hot commodity because it always seems like it's that's the main issue is like oh we don't have a drummer yep or find a drum machine you know that always works too Uh. yeah there's a lot of talk about ai and robots right now and we were kind of at the forefront of that but the drum machine i don't know that i want to be known as the forefront of that but yeah uh yep (laughs) no we Uh, initiated it (laughs) we started skynet (laughs) Um, cool. Well, let's, I got really nothing else. I mean, I know we've asked before, like, where were we, you know, at this time and this year and all stuff. I don't, I mean, it's 92. Like I was way too young to really have anything kind of fun to share about that. Um, I was just a little kid. So, um, that's just where music was at for me. Same for you. Yeah. Young child. (laughs) Yeah. Well then let's, uh, jump into the album itself. Uh, track one is the title track, uh, which is interesting. They have always talked about wanting to like kick the albums off with like a high energy. Like it's always been a trend of theirs. So I think they do that successfully here, but, uh, this is track one generator. Like a rock, like a planet, like a fucking animal. I'll remain unperturbed by the joy and the madness that I encounter everywhere. I've seen it all along. It looks 
into that some of that leading guitar work there and then it roars into the little chorus and all stuff after that um and that part where that little breaks that little dun 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 dun, 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 like they do that again but they do it like twice the speed it's like dun 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 dun, dun, and uh i don't know why they ever like why it's a different speed a different change uh in that but uh, i don't i don't mind it but i always like know it's the first time through it's got like it's not an extra pause. It's just, you know, at a slightly different time. Um, but yeah, Generator, good song. Yeah, really good song. Um, I mean, it kicks the album off, I think, exactly like they need. Like, it's got like a really cool, like, you know, full sound to it. Like I said, we just faded out on it, but it has like some of that leading work that like kicks into like some really up tempo chorus. Um, I think it definitely does the, uh, the right job. It's, you know, uh, I got to remember to start ranking my songs but uh it's definitely one of my favorites on the album it's in um uh, just a really interesting good way to start the album yeah they definitely lean it uh harder than they have to this point at least into the oh yeahs and the oohs and ahs a little bit which is pretty awesome it, really, it works out really well for this i think and don't know exactly what the song is really about at all but it's uh yeah i pulled a quote it's definitely a favorite I pulled a quote from uh, Brett in an interview. Um, he said that the generator is a metaphor for God. Um, so what he said was that the vibe <laughs> is that he was trying to give is like, if you've ever been in a room and the air conditioning is humming, you don't notice it. Um, of, just Of course, because it's just a constant hum. Then it turns off and suddenly you notice how quiet it is because it went away. That's the generator. It's, just behind everything. It's funny. God and spirituality have always been the central conflict of my entire life. Um, mm. But hearing that, like, yeah, I, when I was reading that for doing like the research and all stuff, I was like, Oh, that's, that's interesting. I mean, it, it, cause his songs do become a lot more like artistically and metaphorically designed that they're not so like telegraphed as to what they mean. But reading that, mm-hmm. you know, it, it is interesting. Like a, it is like a cool like thing to think about, you know, like the, the, that analogy of like a an air conditioner, like a constant noise that you don't notice because it's just there, you know, but if it's gone suddenly, like you can see things in a different way or you recognize things in a different way. Huh. And the idea of like, you know, that noise is there for some people. And then for other people, maybe they just, you know, turn that noise off and can I hear or see things in a different way? You know, it's an interesting metaphor. Yeah. Super interesting. Yeah. And that would be uh, really interesting to be one of those people who, who, you know, I guess believed in it, and then like it went away, and then that, that would just be that would be a really interesting uh, place to be as a person. I guess I haven't been there, but that, that that's just inter- that is interesting. I mean, if you want to know what it feels like, it's like turbines and darkness. You know, or like the blood on <laughs> well, your door. <laughs> it does mention in books and magazines, which I think is funny because that's also the exact terms for that it's used in uh, automatic man. Right? I know you must have seen them in the books, books and, and magazines. magazines. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's the fun line, uh, reading yeah. comic books and reading, you know, their big brain books. Um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, that's right. That's generator. That's uh, currently my number one favorite song on the album. Yeah. I'll have to agree. Currently I have that at number one. Uh, that was in total three minutes and 21 seconds long of the full song. Um, track two 
is too much to ask. Oh, they missed the chance to put the number two. Too much to ask for track two. Dang. Come on, guys. Uh, oh, that last song was a, a Brett song. This next, uh, The next three songs are Greg Graffin songs. Um, but too much to ask track two is playing now. to uh, the final chorus where it kind of says Alright, there we go Yeah, that's a straightforward graphing jam um, it really kind of telegraphs itself as to you know exactly what it is through like the lyrics and everything. Um, I I like that song. I think I think it's a solid song. Yeah, I think that's a really good one. If, um, this one and maybe a couple others, I feel like Graffin's really going in on like the. Uh, I mean, it's the early '90s, but I feel like he's getting into like some of, like the you know what will become like the climate crisis and like some of the, the issues that we're looking at today and. and um, so it's like still relevant, super, you know, unfortunately it's still super relevant. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. In terms of like, just sort of like, uh, you know, just like looking at the quality of life that we have and like the luxuries that we have and like, kind of like the, um, like the expense of that, that reaps for the rest of the world, I guess. Yeah. And he does it in a way that's not like sounding the alarm to say like, this is what you need to do. It's, it's more like, like this is what's happening. Like if you're not paying attention, like you know, you 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 all are like missing this. Like and and it's kind of like, you know, a place of concern or a place of informing. But it's not like you know he's trying to be some like I'm smarter than you. Like I'm the hero. This listen to me and I'll fix it. It's just like no, this is what's you know going on or around you if you pay attention type of thing, um, which I, I like in his songs. Yeah. Um, a note here that I have, um, according to some like Bad Religion page face group, Facebook group, uh, this is where it's credited from. Um, Bobby shares this is his favorite Bad Religion song. Um, the yeah. first time he heard the song was the day it was recorded in the studio. So he shows up to the studio. They start playing the song for him. Like, hey, this is the song idea. Like, all right, well, we're going to record it. All right. Boom. He gets back there and starts jamming around a little bit. And, you know, obviously it wasn't like a one take situation, but um, it's just kind of funny to know that he just did that all within that day. <laughs> he showed up. The this is, yeah. hmm. um, the next song, track three, another Graffin song, uh, th- three minutes and 14 seconds, the total runtime, but no, uh, no direction.
into the chorus later on but um that's kind of what it goes to we uh we had modified lyrics for the early 2000s you know instead of uh, madonna's nasty clothes we had uh, modified it to britney's nasty clothes because that was relevant at the time but uh not anymore now it's what gaga's nasty clothes or uh you know no not even her I think, he, I think that's probably passed out too she's now an acclaimed actress i think mm-hmm. um I don't know, Doja Cat or somebody like that, probably. Doesn't really roll off the tongue as good, but anyway. <laughs> the, no Direction, though, it's it's a slower-paced one. It's at that third track where you can, you know, roll the dice and, like, bring on a little interlude or bring on a little change of pace before you kind of come roaring back. But um, I like the mid-tempo sound to it. I have always liked that song. It is on all ages, so, um, like, I think that's why I think I like it a little bit more, you know, just because it's more familiarity of it. But I still think that even without that, I do like the change of pace and it kind of breaking down a little bit of more of a mid-tempo song. Um, and, I, and I just, yeah, I like it. Yeah, no, I really like this one. I like the, what I perceive is like the message behind it, I guess, quite a bit. Um, but some of these songs I've heard, like, it's almost like all of just fatigue a little bit. So like, I, I tend to like, like some of the other songs on the album. I don't want to say more, but I like my preference is to listen to those a bit more than maybe some of these other ones. But um, just objectively looking at it, like this, this is definitely a really, really, this is like a really good song. This is like a heavy hitter for me personally. Um, yeah. The, um, like the idea of, you know, like, you know, you'll get no direction from me. So like what the, the chorus says, you know, yeah. um, no one can live with the decisions of their own. It seems so they look to someone else to tell them what to be, to tell them what to wear, to tell them what to say, to tell them how to act and think and compel others compulsively yeah. until the world is all like them. I like That's the, idea the worst of just, part of it is the last bit there. So they compel others compulsively into the world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just interesting. And then how he even like, you know, um, I mean, just like the, the concept of that, you know, I mean, it's kind of like that punk mindset. Like it is like you go through when you're a punk kid, you go through looking and emulating what you see around you and you're like okay i've got to wear patches i've got to wear like these clothes like and it's not and it's kind of becomes a uniform but then you realize that like you know through like songs like this you know thinking about like what that really means like what this like punk mindset you know really is it's um it isn't like the external image but more of like what's the purpose internally um and just doing what doing what you think and being the you know that individual identity stuff um I don't know, it's important to me. And this is a song that I think kind of underlines that, you know, like you can still be quote unquote punk, you know, but like it's more of like a personal promise or a personal like mindset and not like what it is that you have to like subscribe to. Um, which is, yeah, I yeah. Get that. yeah, for sure. Totally that. Um, and then I, it also makes me think of like Graffin as like the scientist, because I feel like there's a lot of crossover in like that world too, where it's like, cause science is all about, you know, questioning things and like, you know, analyzing things over and over and over again and kind of like not accepting just like the, the, 
um, not always accepting just the consensus, I guess you would say, is, is a lot of like what science is, right? Like, so I, I kind of think, I mean, I don't know if that's like what he was going for, right? So that always pops to my head too, because he's like, you know, not the science guy or whatever. He's, yeah. he's, he's, he's all about that world. So, um, it's yeah. got to be, that's got to be part of what's going through his brain on that. Obviously. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, that, that, that's, that makes sense to me for sure. Yeah. I think it's a lot of things, but it's yeah, a great song. Um, and then the next song is the shortest song on the album, a minute and 56 seconds. Uh, it's called tomorrow. wanted to get a little bit of that part on there as it's a short song i don't want to have to listen to the whole thing but i like that like random tempo change like uh it's kind of i don't want to say generic but i mean it's like it starts out as just like okay this is another battle song got it you know they're going fast you know they got this um and then it just changes into that little like you know half steppy you know like just total tempo change um and i just like the way that it kind of changes the tone of the song and like the sound of the song as well too yeah, I, I like that quite a bit too. I think there's there's a few songs where they they do some pretty sweet uh, tempo changes too uh, on this album. And this, obviously, this is one of them. Um, I don't know. This is like I, this is just a really good song. It's like uh, it's kind of another one of those you know like like I mean I guess he's talked about it before. There's been like there's a song progress, but it's almost like you know or the way I kind of see it is like you know like like progress, but like. But what are like the consequences of that progress type of a message behind it? But that's just what I get from it, you know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I just, um, yeah, it's just another one of those like another one of those types of songs, I guess, for me. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, the and also, is there a reference here? Is there a previous work when he says, "Every day we profit so leaning towards the great unknown, uh, like into oh, the wow, unknown"? Yeah. You know, yeah, it, no, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's cool. That's, uh, that was tomorrow, two minutes. Like I said, just clocked in right under two minutes. That was the end of this three song Graffin streak. And now we mm-hmm. start a three song, uh, Giritz streak, uh, with cool. the next songs, track five, two babies in the dark. <laughs> There's a baby in your womb, so don't be scared tonight. Raggedy Ann is in the closet picking posies. Two babies in the dark, like diamonds in the sand. While Papa's far away making up children's stories. There ain't no one's inside, so I'm afraid to be alone. She's gotta be in brave until the daddy comes home. Jumps into that little leady solo. Um, I, I like the t- 
tempo of that. Like, you know, it's like that little like bouncy kind of like a rocky, you know, sound. Um, and then when it kicks into that chorus, there's like the oohs and ahs, you know, that kind of in the background and everything too. Like, I don't know. I like all the parts of the song. Um, like the lyrical content maybe is not quite as like strong to me. You know, it's, it is more like of like Brett's style, like metaphors and everything. Um, but like all the parts individually, if I like look at them, I like that. I like it. I like that. I like that. But like adding it all together for some reason, it still doesn't like, like rank high for me for some reason it still doesn't like resonate like oh man that's just a great song it's um it's good but like it's just odd i just don't have this weird you know resonant feeling with it yeah it's, it's kind of funny I, I have to agree uh musically it's really fun and cool but i think it's just the disconnect for me is like yeah it's actual like um lyrical content not that it's bad it just doesn't um just doesn't click for me as much and i think i don't know if this was something that you had just um said or if it was maybe something you had read from brett gearwitz but i guess on this album for some reason now it's becoming more apparent to me but it's like um it was like i said it was either just your observation or it was something he said but like in the earlier years he almost tried to like replicate you know graffin's kind of um style of writing let's say and then to me on this album it seems like he's definitely completely established his own you know leaning into like metaphors and his own, you know, style of songwriting. Um, and I guess this is probably the first album where it's become completely apparent to me, I guess oh, I mean, yeah. there, there was some of that on previous albums, but to me, this is like so far, at least obviously we've only had two of his songs, but I, that's like, I'm really starting to see that clearly now. Yeah. I think that it was, I think he said in, it may have been against the grain, but it may have been um, no control, but he had made a commitment to not use, like not break out the, um, thesaurus and use like the giant yeah. words to try and beat you over the head with it, you know, whereas, you know, Graffin still kind of does that a little bit, you know, because that's just his style. Like that's his intellect and that's the way that he writes his songs. But yeah, I think I totally agree. Like this is an album where you clearly see Brett's like, I don't know, like comfortable or confident to just be like, no, these, this is me. Like this is who I am. I'm leaning into being comfortable here. It would have been interesting and just like, you know, an alternate reality. Like when Brett leaves the band, which is going to be like after the next album, um, or shortly after the next album, really, right? Because he's on. I guess he does play on Strange Than Fiction, but then yeah, he, he, he leaves. Yeah. I think after that, so he's got two more yes. records basically with him. But um, I think the writing's on the wall that he's, um, you know, he's he's got a lot of priorities with Epitaph and with the, uh, recording studios and like with the other stuff that he's doing. Um, but I would have like when he left the band, I would have been curious to see like if he ever decided to just front a solo band of his own, like not, not solo, but like, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm leaving bad religion, but you know what? I'm going to still write songs and I'm going to make my own bands. Like, is that something that, well, you know, yeah. could have been explored more? So I think I will have to look at this, but so he does start another band though in oh, that time he? frame. Oh. He does. Um, we'd have to look up what they're called. I don't know. I don't believe he does any vocals. Obviously that's not really his thing, but I believe yeah. he is a songwriter. Um, I would assume a songwriter with the band. He's for sure playing guitar. Hmm. I'd be curious um, to look that up. Yeah, as uh, I've never, I've never looked into that. I've never, I mean, because it never jumped out to me or never like caught wind of it, like reading about anything. Um, I don't remember. Yeah, we, we'll have to look at that. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, at some point it would just have been interesting to see, you know, because obviously he's he doesn't have to show up. It's like the alkaline trio like mentality. Like they show up with a few songs, but really they get to pick. Like, hey, I wrote. 10, 15, 20 songs, you know, let's just pick my best ones and let's pick your best ones. And then that makes like a solid record, hopefully. Um, but when you're the main and or only primary songwriter, you've got to fill out the whole album yourself. Like, does that drive you to be more creative? Does that help, help you like level up faster? Like what would that sound like if it was all just like one, one of these voices instead of the other? 
Right. And not to get too much into it, because we're going to obviously there'll, there'll be future albums that we'll do. But I think, in my opinion, at least seeing what the output was without Gearwitz, there also seems to be like an element of, um, and I think they talk about this, an element of like competition where you get to you see, oh, like, yeah. oh, this is the songs he's bringing. Like, Holy shit, I got to set my game up. Or, you know, you kind of start, or maybe even just the back and forth of ideas, it seems like really helped these guys with their songwriting, you know? Yeah. Um, there was some tongue in cheek banter about the, this song, two babies in the dark, uh, Brian Baker, he'll, he'll join the band after Brett's, uh, gone. He says that Brian said the only difference that Brett departure, Brett's departure brings would that there be, um, less bad religion songs that have the word babies in the title. It's a weird title, but it's like the hook of the song. Like it's the point of like his metaphor. So you know, you're not going to change the name of it, but it, it is just a, yeah. Are there other songs with "Baby" in the title? I just throw this one out there. I, I, I guess there, this is the only one. So I don't. That, I, there might be others. I don't know. No, I don't think there is. I don't. Yeah. Uh, so that song was uh, two minutes twenty five seconds long. The next song is close to being one of the shorter or shorter songs, but it's not. It still clocks it over two minutes. Two minutes and four seconds. Um, Heaven is falling is another Brett song, and that's playing now. <laughs> the valley I shall fear no evil Cause thanks to King George and his evil cabinet Today murder is legal God I know that it's wrong To kill my birth what he hasn't done And as a place like in the sky It sounds like heaven is falling It sounds like heaven is falling Promise me a new day of dawn and I see a thousand points of light Like so many points of hatred, shame and horror That's a sick solo, bro, right there. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, every song so far, I mean, and every song will have like that like lead work or like solo work on this album, which is just like, again, like this them just... I think it's a conscious choice to do that, but it helps fill out their songs and it helps gives that sound. But, um, I mean, I like it. It does, you know, bring some variety and adds some, you know, extra texture to the song, but this song just has like a louder, fuller texture to it too. Like as soon as that chorus kicks in as well, like the guitars, like, you know, have like a sounder, like wash or wall of sound in him. And like, I don't know. I really, I really like this song. Like it's, um, it's catchy. It's again, more that classic referential likeness, you know, um, uh, uh, what is it? Like God, I I know that it's wrong to kill my brother for what he hasn't done. <clears throat> like yeah. referencing back to uh, how can I be in worse track? <laughs> how can I be in worse? Yeah, um, yeah. Or to fuck Armageddon. But um, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I just I really like the song. It's got um, a, a great pace, and when that chorus kicks in, um, it's really good. Like I just you know lyrically, I like it. Like this is this is a really good song to me um, for sure. I, I just I quite enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, musically, I really like this one as well. Um, and it, yeah, it's a uh, lyrically good. I I don't know if there's, if there's any truth to it at all, but I always just think of like, um, and it might be because Atomic Gardens on this album, but I always just think of this song as like being like referencing, you know, <laughs> big bombs or a bombs getting dropped or something like that, maybe. Because um, I think there is a quote from somebody that, uh, describing like the sound of like something happening in a war, and they they describe it as like heaven falling. I think it's is the way it sounded. 
I could be completely wrong, but then I also, obviously I was, I was just a, a little kid at the time, so I don't really know what it was like, but this is also has to be like right around the time, like leading up to like the collapse or like the, the collapse of the Soviet Union, or at least the fall of the Berlin Wall, no, collapse of the Soviet Union. It has to be right around that time. So I think there probably was um, a lot of uncertainty, you know, um, leading up to that moment and everything. I mean, obviously, you know, countries with, with like nukes and stuff and like, um, yeah, I would imagine that would, that was like a big thing, but in, that's, just, a, that's just what I get from it. I don't know if that's, there's any truth. It's just how I, I feel when I hear the song, you know, like that's what, what the vibe is. Yeah, no, me. I mean, that's, I think that makes sense. I mean, that's, that's, you can definitely pick up on those threads for sure. Um, there's a line in it that says, you know, the start, it starts with, as I walk beneath the Valley of Shafir evil, cause thanks to King George and his rainbow cabinet today, murder is legal. But uh, the King George and his rainbow cap, whoa, sparkling water came back up there. Um, <laughs> uh, King George and his rainbow cabinet is a that is a reference, um, like according to like Jay in some interview, you talked about it, um, but that refers to like George Bush. Um, the UN rainbow <laughs> cabinet is a term that George Bush used to describe his closest advisors. Um, but that's because he was getting like called out by Jesse Jackson at the time, um, by not having any minorities in his administration. And it was essentially made up of all white males. So, you know, <laughs> he had this UN rainbow cabinet, but it was all just old white dudes representing, you know, American interests. Uh, and, um, uh, obviously that's, that's a problem you don't have representation perspective and, um, and that, so that's where that, that's according to Jay Bentley in some uh, interview. That's what he referred to. Um, uh, must have been what Brett was going for with that song. Interesting. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed the song. Uh, solid, solid entry. I'm not sure if that would be track one on like the B side of the record, you know, because it does have oh, a quicker sure. pace. Um, Cause if it's not that, then it would likely be this next one. Um, the next one being uh, atomic yeah. garden. I'm kind of curious. I coincidentally have the album. Oh yeah. So you can the list on the back. I think it normally lists, isn't it? Oh, they did yeah. some weird stuff here. Um, pull the record say it itself yeah I have the record oh yeah so side two does kick off with Atomic Garden Atomic Garden oh okay I could have seen them doing that but Heaven is Falling now that I'm saying I'll revise my comments it also sounds like a great song ending (laughs) track uh, so it makes sense it would round out the uh, the, uh, so then track two or side two would start with Atomic Garden. This is track seven on the album itself, Atomic Garden. We'll play that now. Everybody wants to dance in a playpen. Why nobody wants to play in my garden? I see the hippies on an angry line. Guess they don't get my meaning. I'm enchanted by the birds and my possums I'm enamored by young lovers on the weekend I like the 4th of July When bombs start flashing Alright, it goes into another chorus and then it it kicks on to the chorus uh, I mean, it goes into another chorus and it goes into the verse um, With the come out to play It's a reference to the Offsprings smash hit um, Come out and play <laughs> song Um so that's where they they really picked up their their mentors and their influencers and the offspring to kind of help round out that that verse. Um, but yeah, Tomic Garden's good. Tomic Garden's one of those ones that like I remember hearing again from all ages being my first exposure. Um, got me to like really like and think about Bad Religion, you know, like separating them from other bands of the era for me because it was like 
like smart lyrics and like, you know, you kind of had to like think about what it is you're listening to and also think about like, wait, what was that? Was that one word, all seven of those syllables? Cause there's like big words that he drops and all that stuff. And it kind of makes you think about, um, you think about political bands, but sometimes it would be the band with like a metaphorical song and then like ranting or preaching in between songs about this is what y'all need to do, you know, but like this gives you like political context within the confines of the actual song. Like he's written in this like message of the era and of the world and of the concern at the time, like into like a catchy, you know, <coughs> you know, uh, punk song, you know, it's a, which is interesting, but uh, I've always liked it. It's a, it's a really interesting tempo, really interesting sound um, for them and uh, a really solid song. Yeah, no, I, I agree. First exposure, all ages as well. So super familiar with the song. I, I really like it. Um, and I still really like it. The only thing I would, that sometimes turns me off to it is, and it's not, I'm sure it's not that long by like any other band standards, but like the song just feels so long to me, that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it is, but it is really good. It, they just kind of stretch it out at the very end too, and it kind of extends it maybe further than for me than what I would like. But it's it's, fun. it's good still. It's okay. So so it's three minutes and ten seconds. <laughs> it feels a lot longer. Yeah, generators longer. Three minutes and twenty one. No direction is longer. Three fourteen. The answer is longer at three twenty one, and only entertainment is longer at three twelve. So this is the fifth, oh fifth so, longest song. But no, I'm so with you hundred percent. Agree. It's just that instrumental at the end. Then it just goes. It feels like it goes on for a while, but I yeah. guess it must not be quite as long. No, I'm one hundred percent with you though. Yeah, it's they showcase the wow. music and they have that little like dialogue, you know, going on. Yeah, little, little, yeah, uh, whatever. To such an speech. extent. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was apparently um, just some random, um, like random news clipping uh, yeah, at the time they don't even remember what show it was from but it was just some like talking heads like you know cable news show that they just ripped audio from to layer it in and then just one quick note about the offspring thing um there is a quote from that i just randomly was i forget why i was looking at this but it was uh jay bentley i want to say and then maybe one other member i can't remember probably greg hetson or somebody Maybe not, though. Definitely, Jay. They, when asked about the offspring, they pretty much they said, like, oh, yeah, when we started out, we pretty much just ripped off everything the offspring did, like in terms of music. Um, oh. I guess uh, from his perspective, at least, that's what that's what the, the thing was. But so it's the same time. I, I, don't, think every, I don't think every uh, member of the band would probably agree with that. But I think, I mean, you, you can there's some similarities. I think they're both um, Southern California punk bands in yeah. a similar time. right? Well, I think he just has the same tongue-in-cheek humor you know trying to maybe, maybe <laughs> slam on uh dexter hall in there and his phd fronted band uh much like bad religion <laughs> um man i skipped this note uh and not that it's like a cool note but uh for heaven is falling um the ataris did a cover version of the song on rock against bush volume one uh Whoa. so i i think i need to go out and listen to that or like see what that sounds like um, like the Atari's covering Heaven is I will definitely have to check that out. Yeah. Uh, Rock Against Bush Volume 1, maybe. God, I want to be your man But I don't want to die With a rifle in my hands And as the planes Black in the sky It sounds like Heaven Sunbox with the devil and the deep blue sea 
mean, Atomic Garden, like you mentioned before already, like, but that's that, that's an anti-nuke song as well. So clearly, like that's you know lyrically, it's kind of what it talks about. Um, and Brett has been in an interview, and it says that he's quoted as saying, "Anti or Atomic Garden is an anti-nuke song about the stupidity of having more than one nuclear bomb on the Earth," <laughs> which also inspires the Metal Gear Solid franchise of video games, which I'm also a fan of. So, did you, did you see uh, Oppenheimer? Not yet, no. I need to see that. I don't get to see a lot of yeah. theater movies with the children and all. Um, yeah. I don't oh, think they'd be that. That one would have boring for them, probably. Except yeah. I, I know she's a real Oppenheimer bark, so she <laughs> probably would have been... <laughs> little, little, little op. Little, little op yeah. is what we call her. Um, yeah, I, I will put that on my list to watch as soon as it's available to stream or buy at home. Yeah. This actually, that's interesting you brought that up. This episode is actually sponsored by Oppenheimer. Uh, Christopher <laughs> Nolan wants to make sure that all of you get out there and catch his latest film shot on IMAX cameras with very little special effects and all practical effects uh, for you uh, enthusiasts of practical effects and not special yeah, effects. Yeah, fun fact, they actually purchased a nuke and blew it up. <laughs> <laughs> Made their own nuke. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's, it's the same nuke they actually used in that uh, last Batman movie, uh, Dark Knight Rises. They just didn't oh. detonate it at the end of the movie. There was like a bomb thing. He like drunk and swung <laughs> was, over and Batman apparently – Was that a nuke? Uh, I, wasn't it? It was a bomb or some kind. I don't know, dude. Uh, if that was, that's over the top. That's it's, not, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's Batman Oppenheimer, dude. It's, a, it's all connected. It's all one universe. It's the uh, – the, the DC <laughs> What's this? <laughs> what did I just? I, we've said his name. Oh, Nolan. It's the Nolan verse. You know, so Oppenheimer yeah. is just a part of it. Uh, anywho, yeah. <laughs> in case you, you don't trust us to get you know the right information from us, you can get the answer from the answer. The next track on the album, which I'll play now. Long ago. got like a little preview of the chorus there uh and it kind of goes from there he doesn't believe that you have the answer um i love that song it's again it's like they you know taking the chances with those mid-tempo songs kind of like no direction um this one i like more than no direction um it's it is a song from um it's a graphen song so the next four songs in the album that the album's closed out with all graphen songs but that one wow. t- to me feels like it's a, a graphen song that isn't so heavily graphen but like kind of like meeting in the middle of like you maybe um you know pulling on some of the you know the way that kind of brett's kind of structures and writes his songs but in a graphen style uh, just something about that you know um I enjoy it. but I, I I love that little mid-tempo sound to it and uh, I've always liked that song. Again, it's also one that's on all ages, but um yeah, I do love that song. Oh yeah, this is this is probably one of my favorite bad religion songs that just in general, you know. Um Um yeah, you're you're totally right about the tempo. I think like this they they have more departure from like what they've been doing musically um, on this album and the next album even more so. But like this is probably the first album where they kind of like mix it up. You know, the last three albums I feel like have been um, 
I mean, there's been progress and like, you know, they've, they've some, some changes and things like that. Like, and, um, but this is the first where it feels like they made an effort to kind of try something different. Um, cause I don't really remember. I don't really remember that many mid tempo songs on the previous albums, but, um, yeah, I mean, they're even like, you know, um, faith alone, you know, is a little bit, um, true. Like they, 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 true. they have dabbled a little bit in that, but not like, I don't know to this extent. It's like, I don't know. It's not slow. It's, it's just got like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, you know, that mid tempo, like, I don't know. They, they, they definitely were exploring more here and they, they feel more confident and comfortable doing that here. And so I think these like with no direction, in the answer, um, like well, they do really a, a great job with it for sure. Yeah. But even like, I mean, generator, I wouldn't call it like a mid tempo song, but just the, the change in tempo throughout the song. I think it's just a lot. This just has a, a very different, the album in general has a, a, a whole different feel to me than, than, um, the other ones almost seem like related, you know, they were like cousins or something. And this mm-hmm. one maybe is um, a little bit further removed or something like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think that's like probably speaks to a little bit of the drumming, you know, like before it would yeah. have to have like that punch to keep this blistering pace to sound like, Hey, we want to still sound, we want to have a punch. So we have to just do it as fast as we can. Let's just go for it. Um, this, there is still that same punch or bite, you know, out of like the tone, but it's done at like varying tempos, varying speeds, like with, you know, solos and, and bridges and things like that, that. They weren't really playing with a lot before. So, um, just a little bit of a skill level up. Um, <clears throat> a fun thing I also saw here, um, when recording the answer, apparently Brett, had a quote saying that uh, Greg took a stab at a solo on this song and it sucked. So he did a solo. I was really insulted that he even wanted to try. <laughs> That's what Brett said. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to know what, I want to hear what that sounds like. Cause, cause Graffin does. He thought it sounded good. <laughs> oh, I'm, he probably did. I mean, cause Graffin does play. I mean, I think he might write a lot with like piano, but he does write with like an acoustic guitar. Like he does write songs. Like, so he, he yeah, does he, have like some skills to do that. Obviously when he brings that to the band, like they embellish and kind of fill it out and you know, they, they create more from it. But yeah, I'm curious to know what that solo sounded like. Uh, there's also one more bit of trivia here. Do you remember what your idea for the music video was, or at least a, a, a quick splash was for the music video for the song? I don't. I know. I don't remember this. Well, I think specifically when it said, I've got ideas too, you wanted to cut to Graffin being crucified, like <laughs> Graffin on the crucifix. I've got ideas too. And then it's just, you know. yeah. Some good yeah, imagery. He's the god. Yeah. yeah, some shock, some shocking imagery. I mean, I, I know they find a guy named Gore Verbinski to direct videos for them, but I mean, I think I could have been right up there with him, you know, uh, as far as clout and stature and and delivering that visual punch. Uh, that sounds right. I've yeah. I've played with uh, photos of crucifixion in the past as well. Uh, <laughs> uh, some may remember a, fil- a photo I took of myself where I photoshopped a cross in and everything. Uh, also, I elong- elongated other things uh, <laughs> anywho it's neither here nor there uh that was the answer we're rounding on the final three songs of the album uh fertile crescent is the next one up track nine and we'll play that now Believe 
a graphing song. Yeah. Um, I like the the weird intro and like that uh kind of like um but the the hit they have to like the fretboard kind of muted like like striking like sound that get, kicks into it. But then it just goes into like that's that classic Bad Religion sound, that blistering fast sound at this point. Um, like it has a really fast tempo. Uh, but then it gets to a singing chorus. So uh, I think this song has really good variety and balance uh, in that Bad Religion DNA. Um, it's just, it's really catchy. I really, I really do like this song. Yeah, I, I like this one quite a bit. I'm just looking at it. I feel like this, I thought this song would rank higher for me when I'm just kind of looking at what I have going here. This this is a really good song. I I like uh, what Graffin's going for in terms of like lyrics and, and the, on that front. And then musically, it's, it's, it's fun, yeah, and it, 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 you're you're right. It's like right up there, kind of wheelhouse in what they do. Um, I mean, I really like it. I don't, I don't know why. I, I, I guess this is just a really solid album, honestly. But yeah, I mean, it's it's, but it's also like you know, sometimes you just go with your gut and you kind of feel it, like with the same thing, like two babies in the dark has all these parts that independently, like like I like, I like, I like, I like, but then you add it all together, it still just settles out. At, oh yeah, I like it. Fertile Crescent, like I can get that, I can see that, like. It doesn't. It's not doing anything different, you know. Whereas there's songs on this album that are doing things that are different. So it's hard to have this one be praised for standing out because it's more of what you'd expect from them versus the kind of some of the things are like you know the answer or um, generator um, that like did things differently for them. Um, but yeah, it's still. Um, I thought it would place a little bit higher for myself too, but it didn't quite get as high as I thought. But still, um, I do enjoy the song. Yeah. It's, a, it's a strong album for sure. Um, the, uh, there was a version of the song that they recorded previously, um, for like a seven inch they did called new world order. Um, but the drums were paid, uh, were played by Pete on that version. So, oh. um, I haven't actually personally listened to that, but I'd like to kind of, I'd like to compare them, but of all the songs you would hear Pete play on, this is the one, like I said, it already sounded like, you know, the most classic bad religion-y. So it makes sense that he right. can play a version of this. No problem. I bet. Um, but then the recording for on the generator album on this album is uh, done by Bobby. Interesting. They titled it new world order. I always thought that that line in the song was like, I was always like, what is he like referring to? when he says like a new world order was on my mind, but I couldn't believe when I heard them said they're blowing it away in the lyrics of this song. And then I guess that seven inch was titled. New, new world order. Yeah. So. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. The next one is called chip chimera. Or kind of, oh, whoops! <laughs> the track ten on the generator. I will whoops. I need to turn the volume up first. The penultimate track, Chimera, starting now. <laughs> Yeah, that's another one. Like it's, 
It's different. Again, it, it is like we. I just got done praising that. Like it is different for them. Like the sound of it. It has like with like Graffin's like vocal delivery having like more of like that uh like that calm like cadence to it and everything. Um, and then um even him hitting like the pitches that he does for like the chorus like you have created social monster. Like he's a lot more sing songy with it. Like I definitely want to like give points to the song for that reason but the rest of the song i just don't doesn't quite hit me as, as strongly like the the structure of it and and like the tone of it and all stuff aren't as exciting to me so it's not a higher ranking song for me but i do enjoy the the swings they take uh like graffin takes especially with like the vocal delivery and like the style of vocals yeah um i like this one quite a bit i mean it does have some pretty stiff competition but um and they have the couple other songs that kind of do this too where they you know allude to some sort of higher being and they're um they're what they've created is uh deeply flawed i guess you know as, as they're kind of calling them out on that um i mean better off dead is another song that kind of comes to mind that has uh, it's kind of touching on some of these same things but i just i like it when they go when the times that they have gone down that road and i just think it's it's just an interesting um you know just it just makes for an interesting thought, you know, trade that you can kind of go down to as just a person. Cause it's like, uh, I think there's a line in there somewhere. It's like his handiwork is flawed and it's there for all to see, you know, um, mutations, aberrations and blatant anomalies. And so I just, I just think it's a fun, like lyrically, I think it's really fun. And then musically it's, I mean, you're right. It, it, it's a little bit different. So that kind of makes it a little more interesting for me as well. Yeah. I, 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 I like it. Um, for sure, but it, it is just like like you mentioned before, like stiff competition. I mean, it's just a it's an album that's like refreshing for them because they are trying things different, um, but yet they're still like confident and mature enough to like just like craft some solid songs. So um, it's just been it's a definitely a great album. Um, mm-hmm. Then that brings us to the final song, only entertainment. Again, another these last few have been Graffin songs. Uh, this last one is three minutes and twelve seconds. Um, only entertainment. vocals come in there as well too that song has the final song of the album feel like i don't know i think it like maybe it's the tempo or something of it too um i like the introduction to it and the sound of it all uh, it does feel like a, a a final song of an album for sure like with the chorus you know being able to kind of like play out like that and everything and and, and be sung out it just it you know it fades into being a, i think a good 
a period at the end of this sentence. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, this must have been like right when like the whole like twenty four hour news cycle was kind of taken off. I would, I would guess, right? Like, uh, which we're all just used to and have probably had that our whole lives. But like, you know, there was a time when things would just turn off. Like, <laughs> this must have been leading up into some of that, maybe. Yeah. Um, um, hey, you, Mister FCC, turn away, turn away, <laughs> turn away. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Then that kind of like puts a bow on the album. I mean, um, I didn't have any like notes specifically about the song or anything like that at all, but kind of wraps things up and um, kind of completes Generator. Yeah, a little bit uh, graph and heavy, this album. I mean, it's a short, less songs than than some albums, so, but still a little bit, probably seven, gotta be close to seven. Yeah, four, yeah, Yeah. four Brett songs, so seven Graffin songs, yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, so let's, uh, let's break down our, our personal rankings, where we would, uh, how we feel about these album tracks. Um, number, we'll go back and forth. We'll start at number one. What is your number one song on this album? Number one song is No Direction. Really? Holy moly. Really? Oh, that's a, hmm. Interesting. I picked Generator. Yeah. Oh, oh, right on. Yeah, yeah. Generator's great. Generator's just uh, did it for me. No Directions, uh, solid choice. I did not expect that from you. I, I, I was expecting you to say Generator <laughs> as well, actually. The likes of you. Yeah, no, that's my, I, I just like the... Uh, I just love that song. I like the lyricism. I like uh, when it kind of picks up with like, to tell them what to be. Tell, like, it just, I just really, really like that song. Yeah. Oh, the... Uh, um, I didn't say it before, I, um, but the they have that live album tested. I think they released oh, it in yeah. like Germany or something like that. I don't know where it originally released from. Um, but on the live version that's recorded for that, for No Direction, he does change the lyrics to um, she gets ideas from Courtney's nasty clothes for oh. like a Courtney Love thing. Courtney so Love. Um, I yeah. think he, he's had the idea to evolve his lyrics. Yeah, keep it relevant. relevant. So, so 90, 92, you know, for him. It was no longer Madonna. It was Courtney Love's negative influence on on society for him. <laughs> um, cool. Well, what's your number two? Number two, I went with The Answer. The Answer. Interesting. Uh, my number mm-hmm. two is Heaven is Falling. Holy moly. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's a high Big ranking. A high ranker for me. Um, wow. Yeah, I don't know. Just, it's, I just get a good chorus and good good feel, and I like the wall of sound that it creates. Uh, what's your three? Number three, I got generator. Uh, three, I have the answer. Sweet. Uh, so number four, I've got too much to ask. Is it too much to ask? That that's your fourth one, huh? Um, mm-hmm. My fourth is no direction. So that finally makes an appearance there for me. Hmm. Okay, so we, uh, number five then, I've got Atomic Garden. Hmm. Number five for me. When you hear your family. <laughs> Not the same garden. Uh, <laughs> number five for me, Fertile Crescent. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a good one. That is a good song. Yeah. Uh, so you're six. I've got Tomorrow. Okay. My six. Wait, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. My six is Tomorrow as well. That's a good one. Uh, okay, seven. So seven, I've got. Um, I don't really know. Chimera, Chimera, however that's pronounced. Yeah. I have that as number seven. Yeah, my seven is too much to ask. And then hmm. your eight. Number eight, I've got Fertile Crescent. My eight, I have Chimera. Or, yeah, I believe that's how it's yeah. pronounced. 
Uh, your nine. Uh, heaven is falling. My nine is only entertainment. Ten. Okay, so t- ten. I've got only entertainment. I've got Atomic Garden landed all the way at ten for me, which oh, is crazy. It's a solid song. Um, so eleven, we have the same. Two, two babies. Two in the babies dark. in the dark. Uh, so our <laughs> our six in tomorrow was the same, and then our eleven for two babies in the dark. I thought we were going to get this whole list and potentially not have anything line up. Uh, really? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, just the way it was like starting out, it was, it was like, oh, this yeah. might be the one that we actually don't have anything that's an agreement on. Probably mathematically, that might be difficult to have happen, though. I think. Huh? Yeah, I mean, we we had one. I've, I mean, again, you might be listening to these in a weekly basis. <laughs> We're recording these on a much different time scale. Um, I think that uh, we've had some like like lineup, pretty good. But yeah, I mean, this is just two, two of eleven. You know, it is what it is. Um, but ultimately, what does that do for you for a? album rank where does this put it yeah this that's interesting this in my head was always like one of my favorite albums of theirs and i guess it it is it still is um but i think and i wish i probably should have brought up the track listing but i'm gonna i think what i'm gonna go with is against the grain generator no control suffer and then how can help be any worse i think all right, that's exactly what I just slotted it into. I put it in at my number two, just behind Against the Grain. Um, there are some, like, I don't want to say duds on Against the Grain, but, um, but like, Blenderhead, Positive Aspect of Negative Thinking, and Get Off. Like, I put those on, like, the bottom three for Against the Grain. Like, if those were gone, like, you'd still have more tracks than Generator, but you'd have, like, a little bit less, like, I don't want to say skippable, because those are still entertaining songs and everything, but... Um, it kind that, of helps. That's like, kind of where I because now I pulled it up. So that's kind of where 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 I went with it too. Because then when you look at like the highs of Against the Grain, though, for me I'm thinking like Modern Man, Anesthesia, Flatter Society, Faith Alone, probably the song Against the Grain, 21st Century Digital. Which so that's six like what yeah. I would say like S tier. What's that? Walk away. Oh, walk away too. So there's another that's seven. Like yeah. I guess you would say like S tier bad religion song. So that's like that's almost the entire length of this album song count. And yeah. that was just like the just a quick glance at like the, you know there's other yeah. songs on that album that are really good too so that's kind of where I end up with I think this album is way more focused though and like and, and it doesn't have like as low of lows as Against the Grain but it's just there's just too many really really good songs on Against the Grain I think mm-hmm. for me to um, to you know yeah worst cover art best album so far yeah <laughs> um, yeah cool well then the that is going to be the end of this era technically for us. Like, um, like we're going to, we've been recording these without releasing them. What we'll be doing now is actually releasing them so that um, people can start listening to this first chunk of them. And in the background be recording, you know, part two and part three of what this whole like album cycle uh, the whole discography for Bad Religion will be. So uh, you may, if you listen to this episode, there may be a gap from when you hear this one until you hear the next one. Um, that's okay. They're going to be, it's it released by eras. So this being that early all epitaph years, the next album, um, Recipe for Hate, while it was an epitaph release, um, they picked it up and re-released it, you know, through the major label Once Stranger Than Fiction kind of came to be and they signed that deal. So that's, yeah. that's kind so of where we're... That- creating that classification yeah. for that to be in that next Atlantic years era. Yes. It makes for a cleaner kind of 
Plus, you know, sonically, I think recipe for hate definitely is a departure. So yeah, it's just a good breaking point. If you like to break things up. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we, uh, I don't know if we've even talked about it. There is a social media tag. I think there's an Instagram and a, Oh, X yeah, formerly known as Twitter, uh, yeah, at, at complete discography or at C discography or something like that. I don't know. It's probably in the details of this. I can put it in like the text of this details of this episode's release uh, or all the episode release. Yeah. How long do you think in articles do you think they'll have to say X formerly known as Twitter? How much longer? Oh do you yeah, have to do that? I don't Years? know. It's been a long. It feels like it's been long enough already. Like all right, we get it. We know what they're talking about now. Yeah, I but, don't know. I I also <laughs> don't understand. Like, why why even abandon that brand as it is? Like, you know, when people say they tweeted something, like, it's, like, literally giving you brand recognition and everything because it's a Twitter thing, even though they just meant they like they shared something on social media. They're like, oh, yeah, I, tweeted, I saw this tweet earlier. And, like, now they... What are they calling now? I don't know. They, they, X, formerly known as Tweets. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I don't get it. You've been X, punk. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, thanks for uh, listening, whoever's listening, and uh, we will catch you on the next section of Bad Religion albums. Bye.